reminder that we got Drew Hill, the Daily Memphian, coming up. Preview the NBA draft tonight. What are the Grizzlies going to do? All that and more coming up. But we want to get right to our Daily Brad. Bray, Brad. I've been having, sounds like I've had a jello shot or two. <laughs> How many 2,000 jello shots is this? 2,000. 2,000. Wow. All right. Back to the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yow, as we get to uh, talk about our brave segment in a post W. That's right. Yeah, that's a good Duh. thing about day games, I guess. Yeah, we could talk when, about both of them. When, we, you, we don't, when you win them. Especially anyway. when you win them. That's right. Yeah, so, again, Braves with a 7-6 win over San Francisco just a few minutes ago to um, complete a series win over the visiting Giants. They won it 3-1. And most of them in pretty enthralling fashion. Again, 7-6 today, 4-3 last night. 2-1 on Monday. Yes. And even the one that they lost Tuesday, 12-10, um, they gave the Giants a scare late. Uh, Matt Olson's second home run of the ninth cut into a 12-8 lead before they finally faded. So Last night, not easy, though. No. And none of them have been easy. I mean, the Giants are a good ball club, man. That's the thing is, and again, we – Oh, they've only beaten the mm-hmm. such and such as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, give us. A, they beat who they played. Bet oh. is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. because hey, Guillermo Heredia, Bill Goslin, no Austin Riley, Ozuna in no left. Acuna, right? No Duvall, no Duvall. Duvall, who had the game winner last night. I, I mean, come on, y'all. We Dansby Swanson with a two home run day. Matt Olson had another and one. He had hit three home runs and three at bats at one point. Right. Going back to last night's solo homer in the ninth, then he led off the the top of the uh, bottom of the first with a home run, and then in his next at bat he hit one. So, dude, <laughs> he's he he said, try to leave me off the All Star roster. See what happens. <laughs> try. <laughs> I mean, it, this this lineup should never have scored seven runs. <laughs> Especially off Alex Wood. Who I started in Oops. fantasy today Oops. thinking this lineup is not going to hit anything off runs, of yeah. Alex Wood, and yet here we are. Oops. Yeah, that's it is what it is. But, it, you know, that's, again, part of this team is for whatever reason, this 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 has been – the type of team that steps up in, you know, when, when it's your time, it's your time. Sure. And, and the Braves historically have had, have had some success with their bomb squad. Yeah. So to speak. So it wasn't a complete surprise, but like you said, that lineup didn't look like it was necessarily built to, to claim a series clinching win today. You know, uh, Kyle Wright, another great start. He he's he has really solidified this rotation. Absolutely, I think he faded a little bit in the heat sure. today, but you know, no, again, no shade there. I mean, it was hot. I think it was ninety-four degrees at game time, and I'm sure it didn't get any cooler. <laughs> no, no, it did not. Tell us about this day in Braves history, Mo. Oh, yeah, let me do that. 
um, June 23, 1986, Atlanta defeated the host Dodgers 6-5 on this day, and it could have been worse. Braves tied the National League record by stranding 18 runners over nine innings, 10 in scoring position. Uh, of course they did. Yeah. They were 6 of 18 with runners in scoring position. That's tough. And one. And one. <laughs> so there you go. Let's talk a little NBA draft. I'm 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 ex- I'm cu- real, really curious how this is gonna play out tonight. So the NBA draft is set for this evening, and we'll talk to Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian, find out what's going through the minds of the Grizz. So stick around, Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo Patton, Chris Yao, and J.P. Plant here in downtown Columbia. Coming to you across the Main Street media platforms and soon to be to your smart TVs, Roku's, Apple TVs, Fire Sticks, etc., etc. We'll let you know when to download the Main Street media app under your smartphone or smart TV or anything else. So iPad. Anything else you've got that is smart. That's that right. you can download. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Only the smart ones, though. I was going to say. We're, yeah. we're a smart company. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're excited about this next segment, Mo, because anytime we get some someone on from our friends at the Daily Memphian, it's a good time. Uh, obviously, we've had John Varlis on mm-hmm. previously. I think we've had Drew on. Think. I don't think we've had her we on before. We have had Frank Bonner on. Frank before. Bonner, that's who it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's um it's always fun to reach over into West Tennessee and talk about what's going on with the the Grizz mm-hmm. and with the NBA draft coming up tonight. No time like the present. So, we welcome in from the Daily Memphian, Drew Hill. Drew, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? I'm checking out your studio there. I'm glad to see, as a proud Alabama graduate, that you ah. found a way to work Alabama in there on the on in the studio. I like it. Well, Chris is an Alabama native, so we probably couldn't get around it. But you also see some Auburn and some um, J State, Jacksonville State, State yeah. hockey, and yeah, there there's definitely an Alabama flavor in here. Um, we're working on some Memphis stuff, though. I've got a I've got a Memphis Explorer pennant coming. Yeah, I tried to get a jersey, but he wanted 150 bucks, and I was like, "No, I'll just take the pennant for like five. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we're so, good. Yeah. We're, we're kind of balling on a budget here, Drew. So <laughs> you understand. Hey, those mini helmets are expensive now. I've looked at them. Those are those will cost you a pretty pretty penny. They're fun. They're fun though, and they're great for this this set. So it works out for us. We're we're trying to find an MTSU one, yeah, Drew. If so if you come across one, one we'll, okay. we got you. Not <laughs> a lot of MTSU gear over here in Memphis, but not a lot of MTSU gross. gear here in Middle Tennessee. But apparently, <laughs> yeah. we haven't found one on the internet anywhere. It's ridiculous. So. Yeah. Hey, appreciate you taking some time with us this afternoon. I know you've got a um a busy evening. Um. With the with the Grizzlies going at twenty two and twenty nine, uh, obviously a lot has to happen ahead of them before they have an idea where they're going. What's the what's the buzz down there? Yeah, um, I think they're trying to trade with just about everybody already. Um, they've been very aggressive in years past, moving into the first round to take players. Uh, so it, it should be no surprise that they are again being aggressive and trying to move up in this draft. Um, I don't know if they're in a position where they really want to leave the first round with two guaranteed contracts and two rookies because they already have so much good young talent on the team. Uh, so I would actually, I, I think at this point I'd be surprised if they don't trade um, at some point in the first round. So you spend a lot of time looking at, pick 22 you spend a lot of time looking at pick 29 and 29 could be a good value because of what that contract would look like for a rookie um so that they've got a lot of options they got uh, I, the way i kind of think about it it's like when you go fishing and you have like seven different lines and you're just kind of waiting for one of them to tug uh i feel like that's that's sort of the position where they are right now and they've drafted so well if you're one of these other NBA teams, you're almost like, okay, why does Memphis want this pick? You know, so I think it makes it more challenging for them now to to move around sort of the way that they want to. But they've got the assets to do it. Um, they've got some players that are will be wanted by other teams that are also expendable. Um, 
and so they're they're in a good spot tonight. I would expect that it gets it gets somewhat interesting with the Grizzlies tonight. It's got to be a little frustrating as a beat writer, Drew, because like you said, they they've got the twenty two and the twenty nine, and you have to prepare for them to execute both those picks. But you also know that there's a better than even chance that they're not. Right. Yeah. So I spent all I spent all this time watching film on guys in the twenties and reading all the other people and asking the people that I trust that have draft opinions, whether it's former scouts or whatever. And, um, and you end up coming up with a list of guys that you like players that you personally think will, will be good NBA players. And then, you know, if they move to 13 with Charlotte or 15 with Charlotte, or if they can get to 11 with the Knicks, uh, I think all those are possibilities. 18 with the Bulls. The range of players kind of changes. So you have to be prepared to sort of look at all those things. To be honest, like uh, I don't feel as confident about the guys in that range and, and sharing opinions about guys in that range simply because um, I've spent so much time looking in the 20s, and that's kind of what you have to do. You have to assume that they're going to use that pick first. Um, before you know they make any sort of trades or anything so I, I have thoughts on certain guys but as you mentioned it's kind of hard to have a full grip on everything as a beat writer and not you know they've got scouts that are paid to look at everybody um, but for guys like you know you and me it's a little bit more challenging you mentioned 13 and Charlotte uh, and I know that this is probably not a necessarily a need for the Grizzlies but is there a chance that Jalen Duran could be on the board if uh if they do move to 13 for Charlotte with Charlotte yeah I think there's a chance that he would be available um would they take him that's the question I, I think yeah I think that the Spurs are have had some clear interest in Jalen Duran so it'll be interesting to see if he gets past San Antonio um but I, it 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 really depends. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been great at the five for the Grizzlies. And a lot of people see him because he's so good defensively as the the future at center in Memphis. And Jalen Duran is more of a limited player uh, in, in the paint. It's not that he can't shoot. It's that he's not really tagged as a great shooter. His athleticism is obviously off the charts. His body looks like you built it in a lab. So there's a ton to like there. Um, and so if you're Memphis and you compare that with Jaron Jackson defensively, that would be a force, I think. Um, so there's certainly some positives there. I, I, I think what Memphis should try to do is find a wing um, that can shoot it and can also well, or not necessarily have to shoot it, but they have to have the foot speed and athletic, be athletic enough to play on the perimeter and also strong enough to play the four um, so that when you do move Jaron down to center late in these games, you have uh, a guy next to him that has the athleticism where you're not really losing anything and you can allow Jaron to just kind of roam the paint and try to block shots. That's that's what I envision as the best pick for the Grizzlies, uh, someone that can do that. Dalen Terry. J- Dalen Terry is a great example and Dalen Terry can pass. Um, I think that that aspect of his, of his game fits really well in Memphis, but they'd have to move up to get him too. you think potentially uh, there's a chance that he could 
be there on the board, but he is one of the high risers, so um, you never know. But that would be a great example. Memphis wants to play defense and turn it into offense. They want to play in transition. They want guys that can run to the rim. They want to score as many points in the paint as possible. They want to be disruptive, and then they want to score around the basket. Dale and Terry's a good fit for the Grizzlies for that reason, and he's one of the guys I really like. Um, another guy that I really like for Memphis, I just watch him and I say, this guy is a Memphis Grizzly, is Kendall Brown from Baylor. And he might be a guy that's available at 29. He does a lot of the same things. He, he played in pick and roll at Baylor a little bit more than he will play in the NBA. But the guy runs the rim. He jumps and dunks everything. He's um, a, He shoots 72% in the paint. Um, and around the basket, which is impressive. He has a he, he has a slow shot, a shot that's going to need to change a little bit and, and develop, but he made a good percentage at the combine, um, and he didn't take very many in college, so it's kind of still an unknown uh, as, as far as it goes with him and his outside shooting. And then defensively, he's strong enough to guard the four, play next to Jaron, force people into turnovers and get out in transition. That's what Memphis wants. They're losing Kyle Anderson. It sounds like if they're going to lose anyone in free agency, it's probably going to be him. He was a big part of the, of what they did in the playoffs, playing defense at the four and facilitating when, uh, when jaw was out of the game and sometimes playing backup point guard when he was hurt during the regular season. So they need somebody that can do all of that. They, they got to try to find replacements there. Um, and so, to me, I'm 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 taking a wing that can guard force. That's that's what I want if I'm the Grizzlies. Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian with us here on Main Street Sports today as we talk NBA draft that starts up later tonight. And a couple of names that you mentioned, or that the two of you guys have mentioned, Jalen Duran, the six eleven, two fifty pound freshman out of Memphis, projected by CBS Sports to San Antonio at number nine. Um, Dalen Terry, according to their projections, is set to go number 23, uh, the 6'7", 195 sophomore out of Arizona. Projected 23 to Philadelphia, one pick behind Kennedy Chandler, who they've got going to Memphis should they make that number 22 pick. A um, couple of local guys with some some Memphis possibilities, I guess, there. Yeah, Kennedy is a name that gets brought up a lot uh, as it relates to the Grizzlies. And, I, you know, he's a Memphian. He played for the Vols. He went to Briarcrest um, here in Memphis. He was awesome in high school. Uh, I used to be the Memphis Tigers beat writer, so I, you know, built it when they were recruiting him. I had a relationship, you know, with his father and him and they're, they're really great people. And, and uh, Ja Moran has actually been a mentor for Kennedy and the two of them worked out together through a lot of the pandemic. Memphis could lose Tyus Jones. Uh, we'll see how the point guard market sort of shakes out at the end of tonight. I think that could change things a little bit, um, but there's a certainly a good chance that they could lose Tyus Jones this offseason, which is means they're going to need a backup point guard. Um, I, really like Kennedy as a player. And I think Kennedy is going to be a good pro. I'm just a little hesitant as it pertains to the Grizzlies Mm -hmm. of taking another six foot point guard. Who's not bad on defense, but just doesn't really have the size for the NBA level. Um, And 
because because Taylor Jenkins has this tendency to play two point guards together at the same time, we saw a lot of Tyus and Ja together on the court in the playoffs. Um, I just don't know if that's going to work defensively for the Grizzlies to have two really small guys out there. Uh, and, and so I would probably lean in a different direction if I were Memphis than Kennedy. Um, I do really like Kennedy's game, what and about, I think he'll he'll be good. I just don't know if he's a fit for the Grizzlies. What about at 29? Do you think he's more likely, if he's still there at 29, to that they, he could be a flyer if they're feeling Tyus maybe leaving? Definitely. I, I think that that would be really good value. If yeah, they're at 29. Sense. Yeah, if he's there at 29. Well, if if Memphis is at 29. Well, it, well if either of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's very very possible they might not that be. Neither of them is. Yeah, sure. Um, Drew, do you feel like it is um, Jabari Smith and, and Chet Holmgren at the, top of the, at the top of the draft? Man, that is one of the most interesting storylines to me because if you follow all the betting markets and all that, there were these whispers that maybe Paulo could go number one overall. And so last night you start to see the market change and now all of a sudden Paulo's the favorite to be the number one pick. And then you get to the, this morning, and I, I think obviously we know why that happened, right? Somebody came in with big money and put a bunch of money on Paulo Bancaro and juiced him up, and and so then he became the favorite to be the number one pick. And then you have Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, tweet out this morning that the big boards seem like they're very set. Immediately all the lines go off, uh, you know, they take them all down. And when they reopen them, Jabari Smith is a minus 10,000 favorite to go number one overall. So obviously there's no one more plugged in than Woj. And so that, that made a lot of sense. And in the time since then, here comes Paulo back up, the, you know, uh, up these betting lines. And he's uh, last time I checked, he, he wasn't far behind Jabari. And so I, if I'm Orlando, I personally believe in Paulo's, future a little bit more i think he's a little bit better of a shot creator he's not as good of a shooter as jabari smith um so i would probably lean towards paulo um but you really i feel like you can't go wrong with any of these three guys so you got you may regret one day not taking chet holmgren or paulo bancaro if you if you don't take them now um but in this moment in particular how could anyone blame you for for just picking one of those three guys. They, they seem like the clear top three guys. FanDuel Sportsbook has Jabari Smith at a minus 280 favorite. Uh, Paolo is a plus 200, number two. Uh, Chet Holmgren, plus 2,300. Uh, so, and then everybody else is 20,000 because one of those three is going top, is going number one, and it's most likely going to be Jabari Smith. But like you said, it, you never know what's going to happen until, I mean, Orlando is probably going to make the number one pick, but that doesn't mean they are going to make the number one pick. Who knows? I mean, it's 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 draft night. Yeah. <laughs> if Houston really feel if Houston really wants Paulo and they feel like Orlando is going to take him, I think they'd be willing to give up some assets to make that happen. And if you're Orlando and you know Jabari Smith's going to be sitting there at three, yeah, I I would do that deal. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get a Jabari or Chet either way. I mean, because right. Oklahoma City obviously can only take one of the two. Yeah, I so. mean, worst case scenario, it sounds like you leave with Chet Holmgren at number three. Yeah, and that's not a bad 
Worst case scenario, I don't think. You go. Chet, I think, has the the lowest floor but the highest ceiling of the three. Uh, that's the way I would – like, we don't know. I, you know, uh, Gary Parrish, who works for CBS, mm-hmm. you just mentioned their mock draft. He made the point um, on his show the other day, and it was I thought it was a very good point. What NBA player do you know that that got bounced out of the league for being too skinny? Like, how many NBA players can you name that the fact that they were too skinny was the reason that they didn't make it in the league? Nope. I don't think I can name a single one. Yeah, I mean, you you think about the Sean Bradleys of the world, who you know, he was he, he had a, made a great career. Now that was a different time, but who knows? I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. That seems like the knock on him, though, mm-hmm. and to me, I just. I, I think it'll get worked out. I, I Literally. Don't know if he's ever going to be a good guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's ever going to be this super strong dude, but um, I, I think he has the potential of those three to be the best player. His skill set at his height really makes him a unicorn. I mean, there's, I don't even know who his comp would be. I don't know if I can think. I mean, everyone will say, like, because he's tall and he can shoot, they'll try to say Kevin Durant or something, but not really. Like he, he's a shot blocker on defense. Right. Like he, he's got great timing. He's a shot blocker. That's not what Kevin Durant is. I, I, it's really hard. I don't think if we've really seen anything quite like him. Right. Which, which is going to make it really interesting to see where he winds up tonight. Um, Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian with us here on Main Street Sports today. Drew, have fun tonight. <laughs> yeah, work too hard. Uh, uh, I'm going to try. You know, it's the way that the, it works is we all the Grizzlies media, we go downtown to FedEx Forum and because, you know, Grizzlies GM Zach Kleiman will talk after the draft. And uh, it's all it, it's fun. Everybody's sort of sitting in the room waiting for the same thing to happen on the phone. And it's like it's it's just it's total chaos. And you're just trying to crank out a story as fast as you possibly can and learn as much about these guys as fast as you possibly can. But uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. How many, how many, you know, three paragraph player profiles do you have right now? I haven't prepped any. I, oh. Maybe I should. <laughs> maybe. But here's don't. the thing, guys. We just went over this. You just we don't just went- know. We don't know where they're going to pick, right? Yeah. Like I have sure. files created that say Grizzlies select this, this, <laughs> this, or this. I mean, it, it's a three-minute difference, I think, sure. honestly, just plugging in. But I, I truly don't know. And I think anybody that tells you that they know where mm. what the Grizzlies are going to do, do, they're not. lying to you. Yeah, do not I, believe I, them. I remember specifically – after the draft last year when they took Zaire Williams and no one thought that they were going to take Zaire Williams. He was off everyone's radar, right? We all were talking about Moses Moody and other guys like that. So they take Zaire Williams. And I remember specifically going up to some people in the Grizzlies front office after the draft and being like, wow, I mean, you, you, y'all really surprised us with this one. And someone looked at me, I won't name who it was and said, just remember, Mock drafts don't mean S. <laughs> like people are lying to the people that are making these mock drafts <laughs> 100%. intentionally because they don't want you, them to know who they're picking. Um, 
And so if you think you have an idea of what the Grizzlies are doing, just remember the Grizzlies can't even give a basic injury update. They're that secretive. Um, So I I have no idea which direction the Grizzlies are going tonight, if I'm being perfectly honest. I know they're trying to trade, but I don't know where they're going to end up, and I don't know who it is that they're trying to move up to get. Keep that phone charged. Yeah, I got to go plug it back in. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. See ya. Good insight there from Drew Hill, the Daily Memphian. Check out at Daily Memphian on Twitter. Uh, we could not there. find a Twitter. We should have asked him. We should have asked him. Oh, yeah. Um, because as of right now, we don't know what Drew Hill's Twitter handle is or if he has, if he has one. one. I can't imagine he doesn't, but can't find it. Not D-R-U Hill. No, no, no. <laughs> that's no, no, would, not, no, that's not. what I would name. That would be my handle. Oh, Not, not Drew that, Hill. There we go. <laughs> that would be my handle. There we go. Oh, let's uh, come back and talk a little bit about the Preds and Stanley Cup game four last night. So stick around. Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931 388 8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931 388 5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Good stuff there, uh, Drew Hill, uh, covering the uh, Grizzlies as we welcome you back in final segment of the program here um, today, guys. And uh, Chris, you just found his um, his Twitter handle, right? I did. Yeah, <laughs> at Drew Hill. Typing it in right now, so yeah, we'll we'll get up there. So our underscore DM. 
for Daily Nymphian, not direct message. No. Yeah. No. Could be, though. You never know. Probably not. Let's see. Are his DMs <laughs> open? His DMs are open. Oh. So. I guess it could be. You could slide on into the DMs? You could. In fact, if you, if you are so inclined. <laughs> um. Bill Haslam met with media this morning, along with Herb Fritch, uh, current majority owner of the Nashville Predators. And I, I guess, I guess at some point in this three-year transformational period, there won't be a majority owner. Well, I would guess, you know, as Bill Haslam acquires more. Shares of the predators. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't think it. I wouldn't think at any point they would have the same amount. Right. right, but but who will one of the other minority owners actually have more than both of them at some point? Is my question. Uh, it's hard to say because we don't know how it's we we don't know how much how it's allotted or who owns what. So and we and, don't know how much Bill is paying for. Herb's shares. No, it's interesting. It is. It's very <laughs> interesting, and and again, sort of like two thousand Jello shots. I mean, it's it's <laughs> you know kind of first world problems, and I, I I can't relate. Haslam said, and this is from the Associated Press article. I'll give you a guess on who wrote it. Uh, <laughs> For me, it's more about like this is just a really cool part of Nashville, and I want to make certain it stays that way. Haslam, who apparently played hockey when he was 10 and 11 years old, according to Teresa Walker. Hmm. Uh, I'm new to this. Having somebody that's been around and been a part of ownership group since the beginning of 2007 feels really helpful to me, so uh, I guess he's really looking to lean on Fritch for obviously some help. Uh, did not realize that uh, Haslam was a, an executive for Saks Fifth Avenue, and then, of course, we knew about his affiliation with Pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Forbes estimates him to be worth $2.3 billion. Billion. Buh. With a B. And he did not rule out further investments in a sports in sports with a group in Nashville pursuing Major League Baseball and a WNBA team. All in. I think sports is both an interesting and good investment long-term, and I'm really bullish on Nashville. Well. Who isn't? Well, sure. And and here's the thing, you know, this is a little unprecedented for a former governor to really – Know, put himself back out there like this in sports ownership. I, I can't I can't think of anything like this happening. I before. can't. There's nobody that comes to mind. I mean, it's, it's really interesting that he would, you know, that he really is putting his money where his mouth is, so to speak. I love it. It's cool to see. Uh, the only concern is... As as we talk, when we first heard this, you know, when you start associating Haslam and pro sports, it it kind of gives you 
a, a little bit of a chill. Hey, calm down. <laughs> yeah, right. But you know, maybe simmer down, skillet. May, maybe you know they're they're just they're just brothers, you know. <laughs> exactly, and they may not even like each other. We don't know. <laughs> I got yeah, one. Don't 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 associate me with him. <laughs> I ain't even like him. Right. But yeah, so uh, Preds are in a transitional period and unfortunately it looks like they may be transitioning at the uh forward position because it's looking more and more like Philip Forsberg is not going to be a Nashville Predator. So that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. And I don't know where you go from here if he isn't. He'll he'll be Scoresburg somewhere else, I guess. <laughs> In Calgary. No. That's what they say. Why would you go to Canada if you want to win a cup? Haven't won one since 93. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe no, some we don't. Every time every, every time I watch the both both regular season games that I've seen the Predators play. They've played Calgary. They've lost. And in the last one, we lost UC Soros. So I'm not going back. That's a good idea. I'm not going back. You're banned. I'm banned. Self banned. (laughs) Self banned from Bridgestone. So there you go. Come back tomorrow. Oh, I guess we said we'd talk about the Stanley Cup. So Avalanche won. They're going back to Colorado and they're going to win it in one of the next two games. So there you go. Yeah, they lead 3 1, right? There you go. They're going to win it in Colorado. They just wanted to lose one game so they could win it there. That's all they need to know. Seems to be working. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow, we will have Willie Donick. That's right. At 215, who will be pinch hitting for Jeff Hem. Talking a little sounds and maybe a little Predators as well. And then, um, three o'clock. Oh, yes. We still have Ty Norris as far as I know. Okay. All right. Ty Norris from Trackhouse. I haven't texted him today because he's in the middle of changing some tires on Broadway. Has it started yet? I don't know what time it starts. Well, hopefully we will have Ty Norris from our favorite racing team. That's right. Trackhouse Racing, baby. Yeah. Here we go. Two o'clock tomorrow. Y'all come join us. Until then, we'll see you later.